As we continue our study of an expansive life within Lent, we get these stories today. I mentioned to you that we've really been enjoying the conversations we're having on Wednesday mornings and also on Sundays during the writer's group. One of the things that I have heard in both of these places is how there seems to be a significant amount of weight that is on people's shoulders right now. That seems like people are caring a lot, that if you watch the news, you kind of this sense of this global kind of conflict that's happening in Ukraine, how heavy it is, and how many folks seem to still understand and remember experiences like around World War II or the Korean conflict or Vietnam. And that there are this, this feeling that the tensions seem to run high, but what is it that we can do? Others continue to talk about how this pandemic, even though we seem to have gotten to a place where now we've taken our masks back off in some places, we don't know exactly when to do that. Do we put them back on? Do we wear them in certain places? Do we not wear them in other places? And then how do we deal with those folks who are in different places or maybe even in adversarial places with us. Some people even talk about the fact that it's hard to even have conversations with friends or family members around everything from masks to vaccinations. And it's heavy. It's weighed on us. I heard just the other day that the amounts of violence in our world, especially the anger that, admit that people have right now that they're carrying is just so high. Tempers are just on edge that it doesn't matter what happens. People's fuses just seem to be about that long. We're all just carrying this stuff. I recognize it myself. Just trying to call and get an appointment with the counselor that I see, that I talk to. He talks about how there are more folks trying to get in to visit him. There are more people that are trying to now find somebody to talk to that's trained and has abilities in this way. There's a lot that we're carrying. I was reading this book this last week, and it's called The Lightmaker's Manifesto. It's a terrific book, and my guess is you'll find and you'll hear more about it in the, the coming weeks, not, maybe not even during Lent, but maybe on down the road. But Karen Walford, who is, the, um, who is the writer of this book, talks about when we carry things like this, when we have this heaviness, it can almost move us to a place of paralyzation. And we also just don't know quite how to deal with everything. And so, she gives us three questions to think about when we're in these places. You can go ahead and hit to the next slide. The first one is this. These are questions that we can use each and every day to think about how to care for ourselves and to focus ourselves in our living. The first one that she gives us 
is this. Now, you can use these questions in a lot of different ways. Some of you may be journalers. I don't know if you are out there. Maybe you're the kind of person that has a journal that sits by your bed that you actually write in with like a pencil and a paper and all this and you journal in it. Maybe you lock it afterwards so that that significant other or that person that you don't want to read it doesn't read it, but maybe you have a journal. That could be where you, do, where you process these things. Or maybe you have one on your phone, and so every now and then you just pop it up and you open up the journal and you speak to that. Or maybe, maybe it's a question that you have by sticking a sticky note around your house or on the dashboard of your car if you do a lot of journaling, and this helps you to think about these questions. But these are the ones she gives us. The first one is this. How do I stay connected? Now, this is not connected to the news. Sometimes staying connected means disconnecting from the news. And sometimes things like social media that seek to connect us can be disconnecting. So what I'm asking is, how do we find connection with others in this world that we journey with? Brene Brown, who is a writer and looks at all the different ways that our brains work and our lives work and our insides work, she says that we are hardwired for connection. It's part of our neurotransmitters. We need that. We can't just exist in one place. It's one of the reasons why we chose Zoom here to connect with those outside of our congregation rather than just a live stream. Because a live stream kind of implies that you can sit in your own place and just watch something on television and you don't actually have to respond back. Here with Zoom, you get a chance to respond back. you got a chat place. We ask you, do you have any, any kind of prayer concerns for the week? At the very beginning of the time, you can talk. You can share what's going on in your life. We want to encourage that connection. The same thing here. We cannot exist as solitary beings. We've got to find ways to connect. The second question is this, how do you stay healthy? We can start with the basics. Are you breathing? Are you eating? Are you sleeping? Are you taking care of those things? And then also, are you moving? Are you keeping your body active? Are you caring for it in certain ways? If you've got tension that you're carrying, are you finding ways to work that out? How are you caring for your body? One of the things that's interesting is that I hit this a lot, and I say this only because this is what I write down every now and then. When I ask, am I keeping myself healthy, I say, well, I just don't have time. I mean, if you start adding up kind of all the hours in the day, if I spend so much time eating during the day, if I make sure that I get enough time, you know, kind of caring for my um, caring for myself, making sure to get eight hours of sleep, and then I also make sure that I'm doing meditation and I'm doing my reading, and then I'm also trying to fit in an hour of exercise each and every day. The question is, then when do I work or when do I do the other things that need to happen? There are only 24 hours in a day, and when you start moving these things, usually what's the one thing that we put off to the side? Those things that we do to keep us healthy. I just want to point something out. When we put those things off to the side, what it does is it tells ourselves that we're not important. Okay? Because treating ourselves with kindness in that way is incredibly important. 
So make sure that even if it just means drinking a little extra water during the day to keep yourself healthy, or getting up from the computer and doing a few stretches in the midst of this whole thing, how are you staying healthy? And the last one is this. The last question is, how do I stay purposeful? How are you giving to others? How are you sharing the gifts and talents that are inside of you? How is it that you're focused, that you're looking out there to share what it is that you've been blessed with? These three questions, in the midst of what can seem like overwhelming things, heavy, heavy burdens of life and of society and all these things around us, can help us to shape each and every day that we have. It gives us perspective and gives us understanding and it also values who we are because what's interesting about the text that we're given today is that some people have used this in different ways, but in the, underneath all of this, as I was doing my study this week, as I was reading through the text and the commentaries, all the scholarship and everything, what seems to be undergirding all of this is this idea of worth. What has worth in our lives and do we have worth? What is it that we value? It's interesting. Um, if you go to your Bible and you read this, there's that first paragraph. If you looked in, your, in your, your bulletin today, if you read along with Mike, you have the first paragraph. And then your Bible, and some most Bibles have this thing. They have like a topical start that would say the parable of the fig tree right there. And there was the next paragraph. I had Denise remove that this week. It was actually in there because I didn't want you to think that this is two separate stories. These things are intrinsically linked. The first one, yes, is about self-worth of these other people, these folks that have died in this specific way. There are some that there, it seems like there's some kind of tragedy that's happened, and it was probably an uproar, an uproar or some kind of revolt and these people passed away in the midst of this and their blood was mingled with the sacrifices. That's what they're talking about. And they were saying, what is going on? Were these lives, did they lose their worth because of the way that they died? And the second was, this tower fell on a group of people. And they said, did they sin? Did they do something wrong? Is that why this tower fell on them? Because they seem like innocent bystanders. And still, this happened. They're trying to provide worth. Why is it that bad things happen to good people? Why is it that things happen in this certain way? Do these lives have worth? Have you ever asked yourself that? Why is this stuff happening to me? Did I do something wrong? Am I a bad person? Or maybe, why don't these things happen to these people who are bad? We try and place that, that worth on a life. And then we get the story of the fig tree. And some people will say, well, this is the parable. This is something different. But no, they're linked. Jesus tells the story to help us think about the questions that were just asked of him. And this is the thing. Remember, parables don't have just one meaning. So if you ever go to another church and you're sitting there and the minister stands up and says, I'm going to talk about the parable of the fig tree, 
and he starts to speak, and he says, this is what it means. That's not the way it works. Okay, there's not just one meaning. This is a chance to get us to think. Because this is what happens. Most of the time, when we read read this parable, where do we place ourselves? We're the tree, right? We haven't produced the fruit, and God's going to come by and chop us down. We're not doing everything that we're supposed to be doing in life. We're not getting the grades we're supposed to get. We're not doing enough work. We're not being good enough parents. We're not being a good enough this. We're not being a good enough that. We're not doing the things that we need to do. So we don't have worth. Chop us down. Churches use this all the time too. They use it in great ways. You're not giving enough. You're not doing enough. You are not enough. You need to do more. Your life doesn't have meaning unless you're doing something. And that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And it hurts my heart every time I hear something like that. I'm super glad you guys are here today, okay? So let me just say that right here now, okay? I love seeing you. My heart is happy. I get connection. I love having you here. If you weren't here today... You're not less of a person. Okay? Here's the secret. Just because you're not here doesn't mean that you're not loved. I sent a card to somebody I haven't seen here in a while. And I said, I don't want it. It's so hard because I just sent them a card and I said, I don't know if this is the right thing to say or not. I miss you, but it's okay if you're not here. I don't know how they read it. (laughs) But that's the thing. That's the beautiful thing about God's love. I don't know if we're the tree or if we're the tree and we're also the gardener and we're also the landowner. Because here's the thing that I definitely know. You have worth. You are a beautiful child of God. You have been created in the image of God, the image of the divine. You are created in a way that the light that shines from you looks like God. That is where your worth comes from. You can't get rid of that. And the thing about it is, and I hear this from farmers, and I hear this all the time, there are seasons in our lives, okay? There are certain times when there's a bountiful crop, and there are certain times when things just sit and are still. And only we know where we are. I'm reminded of a couple of stories. I had a, a friend of mine who had a an apple tree in their in in their house, at their like yard or whatever. It was by their their garage, and for some reason, this apple tree stopped producing apples. 
They lived there like 10, 15 years, something like that. They said every year the the apples had come back. But finally, one year it stopped. They didn't know what happened. No apples. Next year, no apples. What's going on? They had a teenager. It was great. And so the teenager started to drive and was driving around. And guess what? Teenager hit the apple tree. Bonk! Hit the, hit the apple tree with the car. It didn't do damage or anything, but they were, you know, they were just learning, but just banged into the apple tree. Guess what happened that summer? Apples. I, who knows? This last week, week before last, I guess it was, um, I came in, Denise and I were talking, I looked out into the garden out here, and I was like, look at all the daffodils. You guys got these daffodils that are popping up in your yard? It was like two weeks ago, they were popping up, and I was like, oh no, it's Kentucky. And sure enough, what happened on Friday? In comes the squall, the snow, the ice, the wind, and all that. I get here on Sunday morning, if you all were here last week, and you walked down here, and you looked out, what was it? All those little things were like this. And let me know, like, do you ever feel like that? I mean, you know, like, uh, you know, they're laying there. And I was like, oh, no, covered with ice, covered with snow, those beautiful blooms just on the ground. It's like, oh, man. You know what? This week, Denise went out there and cut some of those daffodils because they popped back up. She cut them and used them for the disciples' women luncheon that they had as a centerpiece. They were beautiful. I came here and I thought, we're going to have to cut all those things down because they're going to die. But instead, what do they do? They pop back up and they bring, they bring beauty to this world. Look, I don't know where you are right now. Some of you may feel like that fig tree that is just, I can't do it this year. (laughs) I have nothing more to give. I need to take care of myself. I need a little manure around me. Or maybe you just feel like you're covered in manure all around you and you can just smell it. I don't know where you are. But I want you to know this. Ask yourself these three questions each and every day. How do I stay connected? How do I stay healthy? How do I stay purposeful? And I want you to know that you have worth. That you have a gift to share because you are you. Not because of what you have to give, but because of who you are. That. That is what God wants you to hear today. May you be grounded in that knowledge that you are worthy. Let us go and live in that worth in the midst of this time. Amen. 
Thank you for listening to the White Oak Pond Christian Church Podcast. We hope that it's been a blessing to you this day. White Oak Pond seeks to be a place where we accept one person at a time to Christ's never-ending and forgiving love. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so that you can receive sermons each and every week. And also rate us. It really helps. Thank you again, and may you know joy in powerful ways this week.